Before we start this episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors. If you're studying for the Foreign Service Officer Test like us, we have a great study tool for you. Besides listening to our podcast, we also use FSO Compass. On FSO Compass, you can find practice tests for every section, comprehensive courses that guide you through the entire application process, and you can even connect with other aspiring U.S. diplomats. The resources have really helped us prepare, and we hope they help you too. To access FSO Compass and get 10% off your annual subscription, be sure to use the link in our description box. Good luck! Yay! Hi everyone, we decided to split this topic into two parts. You are listening to the first part of the Harlem Renaissance, where we talk about the Black narrative before the Renaissance. Please be sure to check out part two to learn how the Black narrative changed after the Renaissance. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of How Did We Not Know That? I'm Nat. I'm Jack. And today, Jack is going to be talking about the Harlem Renaissance. Okay, so before we get started, I do have a few things to say. So first, to our new listeners, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HDWNKT. Not how do we not know that. The tag is HDWNKT. <laughs> and Facebook, which is at how did we not know that. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to us. It will really help us out. Um, and lastly, do check out our Patreon page. And if you would like to become a history hero where you can get a shout out and exclusive access to episode polls. Also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and leave a review if you can. We love hearing from you. Okay, so as Nat said, I am going to talk about the Harlem Renaissance, which happened around 1918, 1920 to the 1930s. To talk about the Harlem Renaissance, we actually have to go back and talk about the Great Migration because the Great Migration was this huge movement in the United States of African Americans from the South to the North, and that was from 1910 to 1920. And there are a few different reasons for that, first of which was World War I actually occurs from 1914 to 1918, and then the U.S. actually got involved in the war around 1917. But when the war was happening, immigration was falling during this time. So there are less workers around in the north. And so companies in the north were trying to recruit black workers in the south to fill the open roles. Also in 1915 and 1916, there were natural disasters in the south that put many black workers and sharecroppers out of work. But the most important reason a lot of African Americans were leaving the south was because the South, for our viewers outside of the United States who aren't familiar, was the location of the Confederacy. And the Confederacy was the side of America, well, I guess they committed treason, but they were fighting to keep slavery legal in the United States. So they seceded, which means they separated from the Union, and the Union is the United States today and they attacked (laughs) and the confederacy is still widely debated as to what they were fighting for today but uh slavery is a part of it whether you want to acknowledge that or not so yeah yeah that's true yeah so because the they were fighting for slavery there were extremely vicious racists white supremacists and constant lynchings very concentrated in the south and the images from this time 
are literally horrific. This isn't even, like, in slavery. This is, like, slavery is over. Um, as we talked about in our Juneteenth episode, you know, it ended in 1865. But slavery is over, and they're still, like, ridiculously vicious racists in the South. And the images are... <laughs> Literally, like, stuff that keeps you up at night. It's just, like, huge groups of 50-plus standing over mangled black bodies after lynchings or massacres. It's, like, small children, like, smiling and laughing. It's, like... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, like, these family events and picnics. Anyways, yes. like, horrible conditions. I cannot even begin to imagine the amount of fear that these people were having to go through. And, like, also, sorry, I don't know if you're going to mention this, but, like, a lot of people kind of blame the South and it was like, oh, well, all the lynchings occurred in the South. Like, no, like, they occurred in the North as well. Like, like, like it wasn't that long ago. It's, like, to, like, the 60s, 70s. Like, I could be wrong, but it could be even more recent than that. But it, it happened everywhere, so we can't just, like, blame it on one certain area and be like, oh, the rest of us are okay. Like, it happened everywhere. And you're right. Like, it would, it would be a family event. And people would take, like, postcards. I also don't know if you're going to go into that. But, like, yeah, people would take pictures and send it to families, members, and friends. And it's just, like, it's disgusting. I can't even... Also, in addition to that, black people were unable to make a living for themselves in the South. There was the emergence of black codes which were restrictive laws designed to limit the freedom of African-Americans and ensure their availability as cheap labor um, after the end of slavery. So it was a legal way to continue their abuse. These labor contracts were very predatory. They were low paid. They didn't really have a lot of rights in negotiation. Also, black codes limited their right to vote and denied them the right to testify against whites. They were also not allowed to serve on juries which is a huge deal to not have government representation, not even being able to like, have your own rights as an American citizen. Just to go off the whole jury duty thing, like, of course, like, that's your right as an American citizen, too. But if you're thinking about, like, if you're a black American and you're being tried at court and it's an only white jury, like, I wonder, like, how can that not be biased, you know? And how can that not affect your sentencing? So Right. And how is that diversity of thought? It's like the same yeah. groups of people from similar backgrounds. And yeah, Nat, you did good. I have it in here. Spoiler alert. Racism was hardly any better in the North. Yeah, lynchings were not any better in the North. Discrimination was not better in the North. Racism was still existent. So by 1920, about 300,000 African Americans from the South moved North. One of the most popular destinations to move to was a place called Harlem. <laughs> so Harlem was a neighborhood in New York City. It was originally built for upper class white people, but due to rapid overdevelopment, the landlords were really desperate to get tenants in the area. Then we start to see middle class black families migrate into it, which causes white people to flee. They did try to prevent more black people from moving in, but ultimately failed. It is regarded as a black cultural mecca and is credited rightly so, as the birthplace of the Harlem Renaissance. So, to refresh your memory, the Renaissance is a French word that means rebirth. So the Harlem Renaissance was really the rebirth or redefinement of the Black narrative in the United States. And in order to do this episode justice, to talk about the redefinition of the Black narrative, we need to talk about what the black narrative was before in the United States. You have to learn specifically how white Americans were portraying and perceiving black people to the public. And I say white, and I'm going to continue to use this term because the narrative of black people from the start of their enslavement in the United States and up until this time 
was defined, propagated, and distributed to the public by white Americans. I can't believe I have to say this disclaimer, but when I say white Americans, I'm in no way trying to make any listeners who are white feel attacked for being white. We are not responsible for what our ancestors have done. Nat and I are both half white, but you have to acknowledge the sides of the situation and what was actually happening. You cannot ignore color in this historical event. Sorry. No, that's a great way to phrase it. So this is really important to acknowledge and note because it's going to illustrate too, as you're going to see later, how so many white supremacy groups were able to thrive, exist, and grow during this time frame because they were using these portrayals to basically brainwash the majority of other white Americans and justify to themselves the dehumanization and mistreatment of African Americans. Nat and I could literally do a whole like series talking about the plethora of racist propaganda throughout our founding that is conveniently brushed over in school because there's a lot if you start to dig. But instead, we're going to focus on two of the largest ones for right now, and the first of which is Jim Crow. And I'm going to ask Nat, what do you know about Jim Crow? Ooh, Jim Crow law. Like when I think of Jim Crow law, I think about uh, laws that enforce segregation. Um... And just, like, overall discrimination and, like, I guess, like, it's separating Black Americans and then in our laws and in our legislative system. That's it. So Jim Crow laws and Jim Crow are related, but Jim Crow is actually a character. Yeah, do you want to add? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, so he's, like, not a... Jim Crow, like, the person Jim Crow is not a real person, but it's, like, this stereotypical, like, really racist, like, cartoon that white people like drew and like created to depict african-americans right yeah yeah no you're right you're right it's well we'll go into the history some more so jim crow is a fictional character and it was created by a white actor for minstrel shows in 1828 so this is like slavery is still legal during this time a minstrel show was a form of entertainment that was run by white people where they depicted people of african descent while wearing what is known as blackface So for people who aren't familiar, blackface is the practice of covering your face and skin in black substances to make yourself appear black. So these shows and practices of blackface would portray black people in a degrading light as dim-witted, evil, and then they would proceed to profit off of the dehumanization and degradation of these people. So Jim Crow was a character of a clumsy, dim-witted black slave, and he served as inspiration for the development of black codes and Jim Crow laws that were named after him, which were anti-black laws that were used to perpetuate racism, discriminate against, and encourage the socioeconomic oppression of black people. And then the next thing we're going to talk about (laughs) to continue this joyful discussion is the birth of a nation film. So Nat, can you tell me what you know about it? Oh my goodness. Okay, so birth of a nation. It was, um, I guess, like propaganda for the Ku Klux Klan. It basically, it was just like really awful and it justified white supremacy and basically said that non-white people were like the reason for all the U.S.'s problem. It's like, oh, okay, and also we should just have a white-only country and that's what we should strive to be. You did a good job. The Birth of a Nation was supposed to tell the story of the American Civil War, 
But the reality is it glorified the formation and existence of the Ku Klux Klan and led to its refounding in Georgia in 1915. So I don't know if people knew this, but the Ku Klux Klan is a white supremacy group. It has been that way since its founding, and it was actually stamped down by the federal government around 1877. So they already tried to stamp it down. Really? Because of this film, it led to the reformation of it in Georgia in 1915, and that led it to spread throughout the South. Wow, I had no idea that it that the KKK, it like died out, it died down and then reemerged. That's crazy. Why, do you know why the federal government was... Why they stamped it down? Yeah. Because it's a white supremacy group and it's... <laughs> yeah, but if, yeah, I guess that makes sense, but I don't know. I feel like the government hasn't done a lot. <laughs> like in the, I'm thinking like late 1800s, like yeah. they weren't really doing a lot <laughs> to protect black Americans. So yeah. This book was saying that you as a country is really dependent on the leadership at the time, right? So that's why Abraham Lincoln is widely praised for being one of the greatest presidents of all time because at the time you know it's not like everyone was like racism's wrong no abraham lincoln was like racism is wrong and we're gonna do whatever it takes to eradicate it from the united states and because of that leadership this is why we went into a war if he had not felt this way so strongly, that war would not have happened. Imagine the splits that we have today and times that by like 10,000. That was like what Abraham Lincoln was having to go through. And the reason why we became the country we are today is because of this, the leadership that was in that position. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm <laughs> saying like... No, you're fine. You're fine. We just have to bring up Abraham Lincoln in every episode somehow because he's our favorite. <laughs> I just love Abraham You could fight me on that. I love Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> The Ku Klux Klan, also known as the KKK, is a terrorist white supremacy group formed by white Protestant nativists and Confederate veterans in 1865. This is when it was formed. Okay. It was anti-black. It was anti-Catholic. It was anti-Semitic. It was anti-immigration. It was basically anti-anyone who was not exactly like them. Yeah. So they are most well known for killing, lynching, massacring black people, bombing their schools, and destroying their homes and businesses. And this film glorified the KKK as saviors for, quote, the helpless white minority, unquote. That was literally in the film. Oh my god. Are you serious? (laughs) The helpless white minority, Oh, I don't even know where to begin. I was like, how do I? How? I can't. Anyways, it's fine. How do you argue that? Okay, anyway, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, they portrayed black people. Again, they were not using black people in the film, mind you. They were using white actors in blackface, and they portrayed them as predatory, scary, evil savages that wanted to rape and take advantage of white women. It also really, because I did watch this film. I don't know how I got through it. I watched it. You watched yeah. it? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do my research, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, it really portrays the slaves as being very happy, which is a very... I'm going to go on a tangent. Yeah, go for it. But it's a very common thing that people, especially in the South history textbooks, United Daughters of the Confederacy rewrote Southern history textbook. And in the state of Georgia, that textbook was used up till 1970. And what those textbooks did was play on the narrative of a happy slave. And that is an incorrect false narrative that people use over and over time and time again to justify slavery and to lower the severity and horrific mistreatment of African-American people. 
NFT. Yeah, it's important to think about who's writing the narrative. It's important to think about who's writing our textbooks. Like, oh my god, this stuff happened. And yeah, yeah, it's like people want to talk about history books being biased. Yes, they are. They are. And yeah. like, that's why you do multiple research and you fact check your sources. And yes, our history textbooks in the North were biased too. Believe me, I don't think I understood like the severity of what slavery meant. I don't think I understood what the Civil War meant. I don't think I understood what internment camps mean. To really empathize with that fear, like that fear of not being able to go to sleep at night because you don't know if the Ku Klux Klan is gonna come lynch your dad, lynch you. Like it's- Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to empathize with something that's just one paragraph in a giant textbook. So like it's, it's, it's not a coincidence that like, oh, you didn't realize the severity of it because yeah, it gets like two sentences. Yeah. So. True. Oh, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) P.S. They'll, like, add a line that says, like, some slave owners were really kind to their slaves. Okay, kindness does not excuse the fact that it is immoral to kidnap people from their homes, to enslave them, to force them into labor, to rape them, to murder them, to whip that, like, to torture, to abuse. That is not... Yeah. Yeah, like, what? Like, I don't... Ay, ay, ay. So the film was huge propaganda with the sole purpose to brainwash white Americans and create a narrative against black people that would further justify hate crimes against them. Maybe this was like a cinematic accomplishment at the time because people widely accepted this as historical fact. There is a scene in there that reenacted the assassination of Abraham Lincoln which they did my boy dirty. I don't know who played (laughs) Abraham Lincoln, but he looked like he was, like, dying (laughs) before they assassinated him. I'm probably going to take this out of the video. Oh, I was going to say, wait, I think that's the whole point. Like, I think it's... No, okay, but before he was assassinated. (laughs) Yeah, they really... I was like, who played this man? Also, fun fact, not super fun, but it's a fact... (laughs) So, in the 1920s, fresh off of the release of The Birth of a Nation, KKK membership exceeded 4 million nationwide. 4 million? Yeah. Oh my god. That's so much. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of people, yeah. (laughs) A lot of fake scientific studies were written and published during this time to all the general public that would state, basically, that Africans were, by nature, inferior to whites and that they were more similar to great apes. This is quote-unquote intellectual white. This is the term they used to describe themselves. And it classified people of different ethnic origin with certain traits. And it also ranked them by their closeness to intellectual white. Yeah. Which literally blows my mind because I don't know if this is news to anyone, but we as humans make borders. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is the first full-length episode that at least I've posted in two weeks. And that's not because I was falling behind on research. It's because this research was literally so horrific and depressing that I was losing a lot of sleep and the reason why I'm so upset in addition to just the horrific treatment of humans that we have done and excused throughout the time is also because there's so much in American history that they just don't tell you about in schools and they also try to cover it up and make lighter than it is and that is probably what hurts the most and that's like the premise of Nat and I's show is all about popping your own bubbles of ignorance and letting yourself understand what happened and reflect on that and make those judgments like Jack and I are not trying to call out teachers like my mom's a teacher I under like we understand how difficult teaching is I think like the root of the problem is the curriculum that teachers are being told to teach in classrooms and like our textbooks 
and what states are outlining that students have to learn every year and like yeah you said like oh maybe it's because we're children but like I don't know I'm in high school and I feel like there's no excuse like it needs to be updated every American should be educated on this it's historical facts like these things actually happen and everyone should be aware of them we encourage listeners to really take the time to dig into the research of anything you're interested in And especially if you want to dig into American history, I recommend doing it when you're having a good mental health day and you're with a friend. (laughs) Even if it's hard, it deserves your attention. It deserves your research time. I'm going to let you know right now the images are literally horrific. Yeah, just a fair warning. It's going to be hard. But yeah, and like also shout out to my other white Americans listening. Like if you guys are like, oh, I feel so uncomfortable when I like learn about this. I feel so guilty. I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter. Like you have to learn about it and sit in that discomfort. Like, I'm sorry, but someone from one of my favorite science podcasts said something when they were covering a heavy topic like depression and whether or not antidepressants worked. Someone was like skewing research on a scientific study to I guess make the results seem less morbid and she was like science doesn't exist to make you feel better and I I think that can be applied to anything science doesn't exist to make you feel better and history doesn't exist to make you feel good either you have to look at realities and then you have to and always question it you know like Nat and I cross check everything that we put out in this episode and we make mistakes and you can find new information and you can change your mind that's what learning is all about you have to like take the time to learn if we all educate ourselves on these ugly truths and then we all commit to improving ourselves as individuals and improving ourselves as a nation and like making sure this awful stuff doesn't happen again and seeing how these awful things that happened in the past are affecting everything going on today and like really evaluating and getting into the like ugly parts of American society like hundreds of years of this rhetoric and legislation being passed and like representation in media and news like for hundreds and hundreds of years is affecting every american's bias like pass your biases on to your children and then your children's children and right This has been an episode of How Did We Not Know That. If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on all social media, including YouTube, at How Did We Not Know That. If you thought our podcast was low quality, we know. We thought so, too. Help us improve the podcast by contributing to our Patreon. Thank you for listening, and see you guys next week.